1: What makes a successful entrepreneur? One who is constantly worried about the success of their business to the point where they don't have any time for themselves or one who keeps an eye on business but also makes time for the rest of their life? Welcome to Reclaim Your Freedom with host Shirley Dalton. In this program, you'll learn how to create an amazing, successful business and still have time for a life. Now, here's Shirley Dalton.
2: Welcome to Reclaim Your Freedom, I'm your host Shirley Dalton. Thanks so much for joining us, we've got another really interesting guest for you today. Mick MacDonald, founder of Compass Expeditions and Bike Ground Oz, runs an amazingly successful business yet he calls himself an accidental business person. Starting his business in 2004 he now runs an Australian based international business with his business partners guiding adventurers around the world on motorcycle tours through some of the most scenic and hard-to-access places on the planet. According to Mick, running international motorcycle tours is not the easiest business in the world. It takes a lot of work and relies on good relationships that the company forms with other people and businesses to make sure everything runs smoothly. The company's philosophy is clear. It's not a race. It's a chance to mix the great pleasure of motorcycling with some of the most wonderful, stunning and varied destinations on earth, including Patagonia, the Road of Bones, Australia, South America, Africa, Cambodia, UK and I'm sure there's more. Mick, your story is one of inspiration and triumph and one I can't wait for our listeners to hear. So welcome Mick, thanks so much for joining us. Hello, Shirley. Um, thank you very much for including me today. I'm looking forward to the interview. Yeah, so am I. Mick, you say you're an accidental business person. So what does that mean? Can you tell us how you got started, please?
3: Um, it's quite easy, really. It's, uh, I am an accidental business person purely because I never wanted to own my own business. Um, it was never a desire. Uh, It was never a dream of any way, shape or form. I was quite happy um, in my 30 previous years, in my working career that is, uh, as a long distance truck driver. Um, Very happy doing that, no desire whatsoever to start any business, let alone a motorcycle tour business. To be honest, I didn't even have my motorcycle licence, I only started riding bikes in the year 2000, so only because it was a cheap way way to get around the world, I thought that was was it. So... um, just to to backpedal a little bit, I was um, I was a tour truck driver in South America, um, and they're those overland camping slash hotel tours that the, that the these overland truck companies operate. Mm-hmm. Generally, 18 to 35 year olds, um, and being the eighteen to thirty five year old, we'll call it the Kentucky um, there, you know, There's a lot of sort of drunken behaviour and all the rest of it. You know, when people let go and they're on holidays a bit and they carry on, so. Um, there was this one particular morning. I, I, look, I always wanted to, to do a motorcycle ride from London to Lady from across Central Asia. i
2: mm-hmm.
3: not sure why. I left school when I was about 16 years of age, so I didn't do much history or anything, but I just had a fascination with Russia, Central Asia. Um, and, again, the only reason I wanted to do it on my motorbike because it was Probably the only way I could afford to do it cheaply. Um, couldn't do it in a four-wheel drive, which I would have far preferred. <laughs> um, in fact, <saying, laughs> it's probably sacrilegious, but in in saying that, um, I was doing these overland truck tours in South America, and one of the last tours I was doing before I decided to to do this motorcycle ride with four or three other uh, three other mates. Uh, we, I met a girl there. She, um, I, I'll never forget the moment. She staggered out of the hotel in Rio de Janeiro at half past seven in the morning, and as I just said, um, a lot of the clients, particularly the eighteen to thirty-five-year-old set, um, I know I'm generalising, but yeah, they tend to sort of let their hair down somewhat when they're on tour in a foreign country. And uh,
2: this yeah. girl staggered out of the hotel.
3: I, I've <laughs> been on one
2: of I'm those tours, <laughs> those contingents. <laughs> <thinking>. oh, okay.
3: <laughs> right, you know all about it then. Yep. <laughs> um, so look, this girl just staggered out of the hotel at 7.30 in the morning and I thought, here we go again, another drunken buffoon of an Australian on tour. And um, I didn't notice her walking cane that she was obviously using to, to get out, <laughs> to, to walk around in. Um, I just dismissed her as another drunken Australian immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, uh, what transpired there, is, it turns out that she suffered from a, a very rare disease called Friedrichs ataxia. Um, it's, a, it's a motor neuron, it belongs to the motor neurone family of mm-hmm. diseases. I um, suppose the only fortunate thing you can say about people who do suffer from this disease is they also have a um, congenital heart disease associated with it usually. Gratefully mm-hmm. that heart disease usually takes them before they end up being um, what they call the locked-in syndrome where uh, your body's completely shut down. Um, you can't so much as move a finger, yet mm-hmm. you're still 100% um, with it, as in far of um, awareness and brain activity and everything, so you're you're locked into a body that can't move, and it's it's possibly the coolest disease I can think of.
2: Oh, it sounds um,
3: awful. It, it was it was horrendous, and she was essentially she was just travelling around the world. It, it is a fatal disease. Um, sadly, Kathy passed away in 2013, um, but it's um, as I said, it is a fatal disease. She knew that, and she had an X amount of years left on this earth, and she was just travelling. And as fast as she could, she just wanted to see as much of the world as she possibly could. So, um, I always, I always say when I do these presentations, it's um, everybody has someone in their life that, that really inspires them, um, and this is what Kathy McLean did for me. She just really, really inspired me. Her strength of spirit, um, just never say die attitude, um, just really, really strong girl, and just positive attitude knowing that she only has a few years left on this earth. It's it's incredible. So she really, really moved me. So I said to my three other riding partners, who so we'll, we'll, were preparing to fly to London and start this motorcycle trip, I said, right, we'll, um, we'll raise money for a charity.
2: Mm-hmm. That's what
3: we'll do. We'll, we'll, we'll raise money for Kathy, And um, she had a small-time charity here in Australia, um, based in Brisbane, called Friedrich's Taxi Network. It was just a support group for... The sufferers from Friedrich's Ataxia, um, mm-hmm. building ramps to the houses and things like that, wheelchair access. Um, so I, I decided to turn this this ride, and it was just a ride, a self-indulgent ride, me and three mates, um, to have some fun and yeah, ride across Siberia. Um, so we turned it into a charity ride. We raised twenty thousand dollars. I was very disappointed in that paltry amount. She was eternally grateful for it, but um. I was a bit disappointed. It was my first foray into the um, dog-eat-dog world of fundraising. really did take me by surprise just how tough it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But I suppose the the biggest thing is we knew when we we arrived in Vladivostok, and we did four months later, despite all the the naysayers queuing up to tell us we wouldn't make it, um, we got there all in one bit. um, But we knew the moment we arrived in Vladivostok, the the fundraising would stop for Friedrich's Taxia Network, and we were right, it did. Mm -hmm. So... Um, we went back to our normal jobs, I went back long distance truck driving again, but there was just something missing. It's, I must say, even though I am an accidental biker as well, they were the four best months of my life without mm-hmm. it. Without those four months on a motorbike. It, riding across Europe and Central Asia and then Russia and Mongolia, um, just incredible. Like, I knew it would be fun, but I had no idea it would be that much fun. So.
2: <laughs> and, um, and I can attest to that. My husband was riding for oh, 20 years before we were together and then didn't ride while we were together, came home one day and said, I think I want a motorbike again. And I went, ooh, okay. And I was scared stiff, got on the back and loved it. So, yeah, I can right. understand that.
3: <laughs> yeah, and it's, as I said, accidental. I had... um. Yeah, as I said, as a, as a truck driver, anything less than 34 wheels on the ground, I'm not interested. So <laughs> that just having <happened> two <laughs> was uh, a bit of an eye opener for me. But but anyhow, we got to Lady Rostock and the fundraising promptly stopped, as we knew would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the sufferers from Friedrich's ataxia, they don't stop suffering. They, don't, they, they and suffering is the wrong word to use. They don't like that. Um, they they just they have that affliction, and they, um, it doesn't stop and mm-hmm. they, they get eventually get sicker and they die. So it took another two years. Again, I didn't want to be a businessman. I didn't want to run off and have my own business. Yes, I donated some of my wages in the trucking company that I worked at. We we had a fundraising event there, and we raised some money. So there was still money coming in, but trips and traps, nothing really. It's um, So I decided, right, we're going to... Um, I don't know what happened. I just One day I thought, right, why don't we just start a motorcycle tour company, um, part proceeds of every tour, we'll just donate to the Taxi Network. And that's essentially what happened. We, um, myself and three other mates, we just got together. We were utterly clueless. We just didn't know what we were doing. But we knew South America very well. Um, we knew the itineraries. We had an amazing network of contacts over there. And we thought, right, um, we'll go buy five bikes. Um, and we did. We bought five bikes and we shipped them all off to South America. And that's really the birth of Compass Expedition, and that's how we started. It was literally by accident, and to be honest, I never thought we'd really make that much, we'd, we'd do that well over it, uh, out of it, I mean. I never thought to get to a point where I'd be a professional company now, and um, it was all just, yeah, I always envisaged me doing this in, in my spare time and still continuing truck driving. Well, I haven't driven trucks in three years now, so it's um, this is a full-time career. Um, yeah, so that's that's really how it all started.
2: Wow. So an accidental business person and you started really because you were wanting to fundraise for this lady who really inspired you and and then you realised, well, there's not enough money here, we need to do some more and then you started this motorcycle um, tour company and this is what happens for most business people when they go into it. They start out because they're really good at what they do, the technician. And as you say, you were pretty clueless about running a business and we need to learn that. So um, in just uh, one or two sentences, um, what would you say are some of the biggest or one of the biggest lessons you've learned from being in business?
3: If, if you go into a business, you have to be 100% committed. Um, as I said, I thought we could just do this on the side and continue on our normal careers, and it, one doesn't suit the other. Yeah, it's all in or nothing, and um, that's a lesson we learnt. We, we, um, we became very serious at it, and it's, it's taken off. It's got to where it is now, and it's um, although that might sound very pious, I wanted to work, I wanted to do this to raise money for Cathy. Cathy's a friend. Um, mm-hmm. a dear, she was a dear friend. And that's that's why we we were so hell-bent on raising money for Kathy.
2: Yeah, Wow. And, and you do um, bike rentals as well, so you've evolved. And so what we might do is that um, we might take a short break right now and then we'll come back and we'll talk about some of the evolution of you uh, in business and what you've learned. And also we're going to find out some of the funniest things that have happened on tour because I'm sure that you've got some great stories to tell. So stay with us. We're talking with Mick McDonald, founder of Compass Expeditions and Bike Round Oz, and we'll be back shortly
4: Shirley Dalton's
1: guide, Five Simple Steps to Business Freedom, is changing the way today's professionals balance their work lives and the rest of their lives. You can enjoy this guide free when you discover BusinessFreedomFighters.com. You'll find out how to get out of the stranglehold of business and get your life back. The Secret is not working longer or harder. It's working smarter and better. You'll join the thousands who find this guide and Shirley Dalton valuable resources for their business. Visit BusinessFreedomFighters.com today. If you like the Reclaim Your Freedom radio show, you can join Shirley Dalton for her TV show, empowered business tv where you'll get to meet her guests in person and join in with activities to improve yourself your team and your business watch demonstrations of techniques and strategies you can implement immediately plus regular business owners who are happy to share their experiences and secrets that have made them successful to help you achieve the success you want in business and in life visit empoweredbusinesstv.com today You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Again, that's questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom.
2: You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom. I'm Shirley Dalton, and we've been talking with Mick McDonald, founder of Compass Expeditions and Bike Round Oz. And Mick was talking about how he became an accidental business person, being inspired by a lady called Kathy McLean, and then going on a motorcycle tour to raise funds to help her with her illness, which uh, was Friedrich's ataxia. And from there, Mick then decided to start a company so that they could do this full time and raise funds. Now, for a lot of people in business, we start out being really good at what we're doing and then we learn how to run a business and as Mick said, he was clueless um, and one of the things that he learned was to be 100% committed. So Mick, what I find is that almost every business and business person evolves over time and you started out offering a limited number of tours but now you also offer motorbike rentals. Could you share a little about the company's evolution and the biggest challenge you experienced during this evolution? Oh, surely, yeah.
3: It's um, we did start off very small. As I said, we didn't really sort of we weren't 100% committed at first. We didn't we barely took ourselves seriously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> didn't think anybody else would. <laughs> but uh, so we we started off. We had five motorcycles, a beaten up old Toyota Land Cruiser. Um, and we did five or six tours in South America. Um, those tours took off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were, the biggest surprise of all was well, we were surprised. We were um, completely surprised by the popularity, I guess, of our tours and what we are offering. We um, were well, happy, um, but we were very surprised at the same time. So quickly we were scrambling to release more tours because a lot of our clients had done a number of tours already and maybe within the first year and they wanted more tours, so we started releasing more tours um, in South America. So we got to the point where we had about 14 tours a year on the wow. South American continent. That's a lot. Uh, it is, yeah, Look, because South America, is, I mean, Brazil alone is the same size as Australia, um, the same size as the continental US, so it's a, it's a pretty big continent. There's, um, there's a, a massive diversity out there, so that's why we started to do more tours there, but... Again, this is what we realise. Hey guys, this is on. We we need to we need to commit a hundred percent here. We need to get the processes in place and become a, uh, as we like to say in Australia, a fair dick and business. <laughs> <laughs> so we became a fair dick and business in inverted commas, a, a real business. Um, and we decided we wanted to do Australian motorcycle rentals and tour, tours as well. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
3: We we had. We had a, uh, we, a fleet of about 10 BMW motorcycles that we rotate every year out of South America. So we bought those 10 back, um, put them into a rental fleet here in Australia, and again, it took off. And again, totally took us by surprise. Um, we weren't expecting that. And, of course, we we promptly ran out of room in my um, garage at home <laughs> where we first started the business. <laughs> um, then we made one move... To a nearby town, we ran out of room there within six months. Made another room, another move across the road. Um, we probably ran out of room there about a year later. So now we're in a, a new premises. We can't move again because we've actually bought the place. So, <laughs> we're not sick. sick to death of moving.
1: <laughs>
3: so,
2: so uh, yeah, go on. So, so these challenges that you experienced during this evolution—they
3: were. And look, it's. It's just the, the unexpected growth. I mean, that's a good problem to have. I'm, I'm not complaining about it whatsoever, but it's um, we work at, <laughs> were really caught out a couple of times in just the, the explosive growth. Now, um, explosive growth doesn't always come with <laughs> explosive wealth. There's, um, there's a lot of growing pains there, which we suffered, obviously. I guess that's the biggest challenge that we, that we experienced during this evolution thus far is um, just trying to... Con- Trying to grow, because we need to grow as a business, but trying to contain at the same time and trying to keep that level of service. We uh, we, we knew every single customer individually by their names.
1: Um,
3: we, we try to maintain that family. I know it sounds a bit you know, trite, I suppose, but just trying to maintain that, that family feel. Bikers, as such, are, uh, they like to think themselves as a the big family. mm mm-hmm. um, and that's important from a business perspective to, to know your clients and to know and, and just to embrace them and they're just not not just a number
2: because mm-hmm.
3: I hate being treated like that I hate I feel nearly apologetic for going into some of these businesses now if I want to buy something and you know, sorry if you've got you know, to, to use up your time if i can give you some of my money it's it's you get that feeling mm-hmm. I, I, just, I don't want us to become like that and I'm just determined not to become like that um, I suppose that's the biggest challenge that we've faced is just that explosive growth and trying to keep the lid on, on that growth and still maintain um, our customer relations and, and they become friends. I mean, seriously, some of these guys become friends for life. I stay at their house when I'm in, in, the, in the US and in the UK and some of them can come over and stay at our house and it goes beyond that business um, that business relationship.
2: Yeah, and and I can understand that Um, with a lot of my clients. I remember a lady gave me advice one day and she said, there's no friends in business, Shirley, and I thought, ooh, okay. Um, But what I found is the exact opposite. Many of my friends now that, like you, we stay at each other's places and and visit, they actually started out as clients and you get to know the people and, and I can wholeheartedly understand that. And so if you're talking about looking after the customers and this explosive growth, and again, I was working with a a company that imported kitchens and their business just went through the roof and similar to you, they ran out of warehousing uh, stock. They were doing their best to keep up with the customer orders and it is a big challenge when you grow quickly, as you say, because you can't contain that and so what did you do in terms of then putting in systems and processes because that's a real area of interest of, of our business is we help businesses to systemise and streamline. So was there a point in time that you realised, hey, we need to get some systems in place here or was was it happening from day one?
3: Oh, uh, no, it wasn't happening from day one, Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> the exact opposite was happening from day one. <laughs> we were clueless. We, look... In Australia, we have a system, obviously, as you would notice earlier, the business activity statements. Um, uh, for those not, not listening in Australia, it's um, it's our taxation responsibilities. And we didn't even... I remember having the first conversation over the lunch table when we decided to form the business, which we did. We went online and created the business. We all looked at each other and said, well, I'm sure we've got to pay someone tax. And who's, who are we going to pay tax? To? <laughs> we, just, we just didn't know. Um, and uh, the first, for probably the first six months when when the orders were coming in, we are writing down on bits of paper and then someone would open the window and the papers would fly off the desk. Then <laughs> 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 you'd be like, well, right, has he paid? Has she paid? Or well, we don't know, but the paper flew off the desk and we can't find it. <laughs> it, was, it was truly chaotic. Um, as, as I said, this 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 wasn't an intent of mine. I didn't want to start my own business. Um, again, I was just very happy being a long-distance truck driver. Um... So there was never any studying on how to become a business person. I never did any business courses or absolutely nothing. So, um, but we we quickly realised, and I always have all my clients. A lot of my clients that are CEOs of their own businesses. So I always ask them, you know, just get their advice, and it's just invaluable. So it doesn't matter if they're running a pie shop or an international motorcycle tour business or a large transport company. They all got the same story. Um, and the one guy said to me, I'll never forget, he said, Mick, we're, we're discussing about getting staffing, um, like a lot of businesses, you try to do everything in-house and do it yourself. Um, and he said, we're talking to this guy who owns his own earth-moving business, he said, Mick, i just got just got a, one sentence for you, two words for you, just go early. And I said, what do you mean, Jim? He said, go early, get the staff early before you get to a point where you're saturated saturated overrun and you can't handle it, and you're in a full flat spin, as we like to say here all the time, get the staff early. So he we did. We we employed staff. Um, it's always that's that critical time. Can I afford more staff? But can I afford not to have staff now? So we employed staff. I actually got my my wife. She came in and she developed all the systems, mm-hmm. all the booking the online booking systems, the payment systems, the payment gateways, and all that sort of thing. All the stuff that should have been developed from the from the very <laughs> very get go, <laughs> that wasn't. Um, so we have a very good streamlined system now. But it was a long hard battle to, to get all that in place and I resisted it for a number of years. Not the sisters, we had to have that obviously, but getting more staff on board, such as their case in point, the rentals. Um, I was doing also doing all the maintenance on the rental fleet. And we got sixty bikes now. Not wow. doing the maintenance on and I was trying to run so I was in the workshop thinking, My God, I've got to be in the office because I've got to talk to the clients and and then I'm down there in the office thinking, my God, I've got a 60 bikes here. I've got to get them fixed and get them ready to go out again. And I'm still trying to drive trucks at night time. It was, it was, it doesn't matter. As I said, everybody's got the same story, just a different variance of that story. Um, and it was just insane. So we, it was critical for us to develop those systems. And now they essentially run themselves with a good, good um, team of staff here.
2: Oh, look, and and I'm so glad that you shared that, you know, and you're being totally transparent and authentic here. And, you know, this is in the work that we do. We find that a lot with uh, small business owners. And um, I love the comment that your friend said was uh, go early, you know, and get the people involved. Uh, beforehand because what we see is that people get to a point often about five years where they go you know what I'm over this I just can't do it anymore and it becomes such a great mess and so what you've done there and to have this really successful business is you put the people on and you develop the systems and processes and I you know I can just imagine here you were sitting around at the table with these pieces of paper flying out the window and then go oh my god did they pay Just, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: As I said, it it really was chaotic.
2: Yeah, but, but it, you know, it's it's fantastic. And the other thing that um, I clued in there too because I was going to ask you is uh, you have tours and some of I looked on your website there, some of your tours are over 100 days and you think to yourself, well, who can afford to take that amount of time off work? And I'm guessing that a lot of people aren't, aren't employees unless they've been saving up for long service leave. And you said that many of your customers are CEOs, and uh, so we might talk a little bit about that when we come back. We're going to have a quick break now. Stay with us. You're joined Reclaim Your Freedom. I'm Shirley Dalton and we're talking with Mick McDonald. We'll be back shortly.
1: Shirley Dalton's guide, Five Simple Steps to Business Freedom, is changing the way today's professionals balance their work lives and the rest of their lives. You can enjoy this guide free when you discover BusinessFreedomFighters.com. You'll find out how to get out of the stranglehold of business and get your life back. The Secret is not working longer or harder it's working smarter and better you'll join the thousands who find this guide and shirley dalton valuable resources for their business visit businessfreedomfighters.com today If you like the Reclaim Your Freedom radio show, you can join Shirley Dalton for her TV show, Empowered Business TV, where you'll get to meet her guests in person and join in with activities to improve yourself, your team, and your business. Watch demonstrations of techniques and strategies you can implement immediately. Plus, regular business owners who are happy to share their experiences and secrets that have made them successful to help you achieve the success you want in business and in life. Visit EmpoweredBusinessTV.com today.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Again, that's questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom.
2: So you've been joining Reclaim Your Freedom, Shirley Dalton, and we've been talking with Mick McDonald, founder of Compass Expeditions and Bike Round Oz, Now, during the break, Mick was telling me that he was a very reluctant business person. So not only was he accidental, but he was reluctant and he said he did a couple of courses and actively resisted all of the things that people get taught about, excuse me... how to run a business, doing business planning, doing the systems, marketing, customer service, etc. So, so Mick, I, I know you've also secured some big name support with Charlie Borman and Simon Pavey, and they both lead tours for your customers. So I imagine a lot of our listeners in business would love to know, how did you do that?
3: It's um yes, yeah, so it was it was really good to, to get Charlie Borman and Simon Pavey. We all know Charlie Borman from the Long Way Round, Long Way Down series, plus various other projects he's done around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Simon Pavey maybe not so well known, but he's extremely well known in the biking industry. He's done ten Dakars on motorcycles. Right. Um, he's he and his son did this year's Dakar. So the first father and son team was well, sorry last year's Dakar, first father and son team ever to wow. compete in a Dakar. So, He's one of the world's best riders. So look, you're right. People come to me, my competitors mostly, and say, hey, "How did you ever get? How did you get Charlie and How did you get Simon Pavy involved?" And so, so people think there's some great stroke of genius here. It's not. It's called the email. I just shot him off an email one day, and I <laughs> said, "Hey Charlie, how about coming?" Yeah, I was just some idiot, you know. But I said, "Mate, how about coming to Australia and doing a tour with us?" And blow me, he said, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he just, um, just came back and said, yep, no problem. Then it took another two years, though. So it's I, I guess there's a little bit of dogged determination there. I just kept at him and at him. Well, his managing his management, to be honest, not Charlie himself, but kept at the management team relentlessly for two years, and they finally succumbed. And they said yes. Um, and then the rest is history. Charlie came over here, did, it, did his first tour with us about, oh, I think it's five years ago now. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Darley Bourne has just signed us, Compass Expeditions, on to run all these tours worldwide now. So I mean, it's we all want one of those champagne um, corking moments in a business, We just one a great contract or whatever. And that was ours. We, uh, Darley, said, "Yep, we're going to get you guys to do all these tours now, all around the world." So that was that was our pinnacle, I suppose. Wow. Um, but it was simply started off with an email.
2: Wow. Well congratulations on that. I mean that is absolutely fantastic. And and I love that you say, well, you just took a risk, you sent an email, but then you didn't give up. And and I think for yes. some of us we we can give up too early and uh, as you say, dogged determination. So well done, congratulations.
3: <laughs> Actually, there's a there's a point between nagging or <laughs> stalking somebody, but I, luckily he was on the other side of the world. And I was saying with Simon Paper. I said to Simon, look, I'm coming over to see Charlie. How about we catch up? I didn't know him again. Mm -hmm. He didn't know me. But um, we've actually become really good friends now. And he stays at my place and I'm here and I stay over there. And, um, yeah, so we do a number of off-road training events and things here in Australia as well with Simon. Yeah, one of the world's best riders and also one of the world's nicest guys. So it works out really well for us, for all of us, I hope.
2: Yeah, and and I'm getting that theme coming through our whole interview there is that it, your business sounds like it started out as some mates going on a trip and you uh, had a good cause and you had lots of fun. And I don't see that too much has changed, even though you, you're not so reluctant now with your business systems and your planning and running a business, um, but you still sound like you get in there and you work with nice people and you have lots of fun. Would that be right?
3: Yeah, look... Every business has its moments, Um, and I'd be lying if I said it any any otherwise. I get told probably on a weekly basis, you're living the dream. You're living the dream. Um, And at times I'm thinking, oh, yeah, mate, you should come in my shoes for a week. But, do you you sit down at the end of the night and you pinch yourself. You think, you know probably not wrong, you know, like this next month I'm going to Kyrgyzstan for a month, Um, as soon as we get back we're doing eight weeks with Simon Pavey again in in Australia and um, Jerry's, my other business partner's going to South America for six weeks with Charlie Borman Um, yeah, we run our own business now and it is, we have that freedom and flexibility I guess that you couldn't have when you're you're an employee, Um, but there are moments I'm thinking, oh god, I'll just I'll give anything to be in my truck now and everybody leaves me alone, just go down the highway, but, yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, but I'm really pleased that you shared that, excuse me, <clears throat> because this is what people go into business for in the first place is that time and money freedom and yet sadly many people don't seem to make it because they don't do the things that you've done. They don't put the people on, they don't put the systems in place and, you know, it, they just don't quite get to have that freedom so what I'm hearing from you and, and for everybody else that's listening is it is possible you can do it and you're living proof and uh, and something else that you've mentioned too is uh, and particularly on your website like running this business it's not easy and you're based in Australia but you run an international business and so therefore you rely on a lot of people all around the world and um one of the things that is really important for you is the relationship and the partnership. So what do you look for when you're deciding on whether to partner with a person or a business?
3: We, what we really look for, I guess, is for them to say yes, <laughs> firstly, when we approach them. Um, but no, we do look for like a, a very well-renowned, well um, held in high regard, um, a, a company such as Touratech, for example, that produce uh, motorcycle accessories. Um, they're international, and they, I'll be honest, it's really good business strategy to p- piggyback off their marketing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for example, in Australia now, Touratec are putting an ad out in all their magazines, and it has the Compass logo on the bottom, and, it's, and it says official travel partners or travel partners of Compass Expeditions. And it's just getting the word out. It's um, People might think, oh, 99.9% or so will, won't even notice it, but one, that 0.1% will notice Compass Expeditions. They'll say, oh, what's this about? And they go to us, so we're we're piggybacking off them for our marketing strategy as well. So it's it's just a bit of free marketing. And yeah, you know, we for us to, to form a relationship, there's got to be something in it for them as well. We're not just looking after our own selves here. It's we buy all our accessories now from Touratech Australia. Um, and so we buy a lot of equipment through through them. It's really good for them. It's really good for us. It needs to be two-way street, not just because companies will see through a, a proposal this just all skewed to, towards one side of the equation. That would be, for example, if we went to with Teratech and was, we weren't buying any of their equipment, we just wanted them to market us, um, mm-hmm. wouldn't work. They'd see through that pretty quick, but that's what we sort of look for in, in a worldwide or a, um, a national brand recognition of, of the company you want to partner with, and they're willing to market you as part of their, their marketing strategy, as long as there's some perceived benefits that they can see. For themselves as well, and that, that's what we look for.
2: Yes, and your relationships seem to be long-term too. So there's got to be an element of trust and goodwill in there. I'm imagining. There is.
3: You know, we we get on very well um, with Turatech. Uh, I'm just using them as an example because that's we've had. We've been with them now four or five years, I guess, and it's it just works well. We. We go to all the shows together. We stay in the same hotel we're in we're in, the, in town together. It's, we just get on very well. So that's important, uh, to have a good relationship over and above, just business all the time. I think it's important to develop a friendships as well as
2: a, um, a business relationship because it'll be more solid mm-hmm. if you do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So some of your tours that you've been on, can you share one or two funny experiences? <laughs>
3: I've got a few, but they probably are rated, so I won't go into them. <laughs> but,
2: um,
3: I suppose one of the, the funniest, was, funniest ones was in um, South America a couple of years ago. There was a uh, brand of jacket, who I won't name because I can't remember, but they had like a... The jacket was filled with airbags, similar to what you get in a car, which, which deploy in the event of a crash. Um, it was a new thing. I'm not sure if it took off or not, but one of our customers turned up with this, and it's it's activated when, so you hook yourself onto the bike with a small cable, when you fall off the bike, these airbags pop. So unfortunately this guy wasn't the world's greatest rider. Um (laughs) so he didn't laugh very (laughs) He he probably fell off on the first day. All his airbags deflated so then he's like he's like the Michelin man. He just couldn't couldn't physically get back up on his feet. So he's rolling around and we're all killing ourselves laughing. He's rolling around the ground because he's like a big balloon, he's inside this massive big balloon with all these airbags all deflated he wasn't hurt, that's the whole point of it he didn't get hurt at all, so it works great except they didn't quite figure out the part of how you deflate and you can actually stand on your feet again he was just rolling around and, oh, and so we, just laughing the most idiotic side I've ever seen with a bike <laughs> no, no.
2: it sounds, um, sounds hilarious I, uh, I'm glad he was a good sport about it because not everybody would be
3: well the jacket was yellow too, so it made him even look more idiotic than what he already was. <laughs> bright bright yellow banana rolling around the floor the inflatable all the airbags popped so um, yeah, another quick one I suppose. Every now and again we you know very rarely, but we had a guy um, who was married and he was um, he booked a trip with his mistress and his wife didn't know and either did we so we emailed his email emailed him the, the business conference the tour confirmation, thanks very much. Um so-and-so, and his mistress, and we call her by name, like we do when we do a uh, booking. Well, his wife read that email. Ooh. And, yes, yes, he wasn't very really happy. He's now divorced, but he still went on tour with his mistress. <laughs> so, but, but, mate, you need to tell us. <laughs> You're going to be doing that. You need to tell us because you get an ge- automatically generated um, uh, booking confirmation now as part of our business process.
2: <laughs> oh, Yeah. I was going to say that you know because you've got your systems in place that is going to happen automatically, isn't it?
3: <laughs> you put someone's name in there, it's going to be, it's going to pick it up, and <laughs> so yeah, he wasn't uh, the sharpest knife in the drawer, shall we say, on that that moment. Yeah, divorce now, and he's okay.
2: Oh, wow. So, I don't know about you listeners, but I'm certainly enjoying interviewing Mick today. We're learning so much. I mean, he's he's a person, accidental business person, gone into business, actively resisted everything that you need to do around um, running a business and yet he's got something that people want. They go on these tours, they... Um, rent the bikes, they go all around Australia and all over the world, and now it's actually sounds like it's come full circle in terms of we've got the business plan, we've got the systems in place, we've got people. Perhaps, Mick, when we come back, we might talk a little bit about training and how you train the staff now that you've got them uh, and in going through your systems and processes. So we're going to take one last short break. Stay with us and we'll be right back.
0: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN.
1: Shirley Dalton's guide five simple steps to business freedom is changing the way today's professionals balance their work lives and the rest of their lives. You can enjoy this guide free when you discover Business Freedom You'll find out how to get out of the stranglehold of business and get your life back. The secret is not working longer or harder it's working smarter and better you'll join the thousands who find this guide and shirley dalton valuable resources for their business visit businessfreedomfighters.com today If you like the Reclaim Your Freedom radio show, you can join Shirley Dalton for her TV show, Empowered Business TV, where you'll get to meet her guests in person and join in with activities to improve yourself, your team, and your business. Watch demonstrations of techniques and strategies you can implement immediately. Plus, regular business owners who are happy to share their experiences and secrets that have made them successful to help you achieve the success you want in business and in life. Visit EmpoweredBusinessTV.com today. Get
0: the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: Are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to questions at Dalton Again, that's questions at Dalton Now back to Reclaim Your Freedom.
2: Welcome back. Well, we've been talking with Mick McDonald, founder of Compass Expeditions and Bike Round Oz. And we were talking earlier with Mick about starting up a business and being good at what you do and then realising that there's more to running a business and owning a business and having it successful than being just good at what you do. So Mick, one of the uh, advices that you got from one of your customers, and mind you, a lot of them are CEOs, so I'm sure you get lots of it, was to go early and to get staff. So how do you recruit your staff? How do you train them? And then how do you keep them accountable for following your systems and processes?
3: That's a, a good question, Shirley. Um, getting staff is not the problem. We, I wish I had as many customers as I get job applica- applications every week. We could be millionaires. <whatever>. Um, <laughs> but look, we, we do get applications every week. And we have a fairly strict criteria, particularly for our tour leading side of the business. Um, and one of that's... Is you need to be able to speak fluent Spanish, so that wipes out about 80% of our uh, applicants. Um, so those ones we do get after that, um, they're very. You know, a lot of them are based in South America, um, some Spanish-speaking countries as well. And so we usually we have a training trip once a year. So myself and my business partner will fly to South America, and we'll do a very intensive 10-day classroom session. Um, it's just about our systems and procedures because it's, what we do is so variable. Every, it's not like you're selling a meat pie. Meat pie is a meat pie. <laughs> or you're selling a car, a car is a car. It's, it's all, you know, you've got different models of cars, but it's still a car. We have our tours This is so varied. Every single tour goes to a different destination, has different requirements, different political situations, et cetera, et cetera, and they're always changing themselves. So we, we train our staff on how to run a tour as such, not a particular tour. So we don't focus on a, um, a South American for example, Patagonian Explorer Tour will focus on just how to run a good tour. With that with that set of skills they have, they'll be able to go anywhere in the world and run a tour. Um, mm-hmm. But, we look, we get staff from um, generally, they come from all over the world. Obviously, they need to be able to speak Spanish. We get them in the classroom for 10 days, and then that's where they're shown and they're drilled into them. <laughs> it's not a fun event. It's not supposed to be a fun event at the time. We want to... Put, some, put the people under pressure, see how they react in, in stressful, sometimes stressful situations with sometimes a belligerent customer. Some, some customers don't really realise what they're getting themselves in for. It's not full-on extreme what we do here. It's just um, it's different to what we're used to. So we just try to uh, replicate those, those experiences they might come across and see how they react. We're not nasty, but this, it's just not a fun experience. Um, but we, we just train them on the, all the systems, procedures that we have in place and literally how to run a tour, and then you can
2: run a tour anywhere. Yeah, what you're talking about there is um, what we call perturbation, and we do that in some of our leadership programs where we're applying pressure, but we're also fanning them at the same time because they are going to get these pressure situations, and it's way more important to be able to cope with it in that environment so that they've had some practice with it so that if it comes up that they you know, aren't standing there going, ooh, <laughs> what do we do here? And uh, and I guess that you would get to find out a lot more about the people too when you're actually putting that pressure on them to, to know how they're going to handle certain situations.
3: Exactly, early, yeah, look, it's... Um, a lot of the CVs look fantastic on paper, but you get them, in the, get them in a classroom or get them in an environment where there's a bit of stress or a very unfamiliar environment. Um, yeah, some of them quickly fall to pieces. So it's um, that's why we do that. And after that 10-day um, schoolroom, for want of a better phrase, we actually put them on a tour. So mm-hmm. and we tell the clients that they're going to have some trainees on the tour and then we train them for another three weeks. So they're getting about five weeks training before we actually let them go out on the road on their own. And we always put a new staff member off, an older staff member. Um, we never put two new guys on or girls straight away. It's recipe for disaster. So. And that's, that's worked to a success for now for years, doing that, that formula. Um, it's not cheap, but our customers are paying a lot of money. They don't want some clown who we've just found living underneath a bridge somewhere in South America and then <laughs> <having> them <laughs> one of our pills. So. <laughs> it is important.
2: It is, yeah, very important and, you know, we were talking before about going on the tours like the Kentucky tours and that and I did a 67-day one around Europe in my early 20s and there was lots of things that happened on that 60-odd-day tour and stuff that you just couldn't foresee and the tool guide had to be able to deal with it. If, if they fell apart, <laughs> we were all in trouble. So, so how do you keep them accountable You know, for following the systems? So it's one thing to say, well, this is how we do things. Um, do you find that, that anybody goes against your policies and procedures or do they all pretty much follow them?
3: They, look, the biggest issue is um, the plethora of paperwork we've got to do to satisfy various South American countries when we enter in there with motorcycles. So we developed a, um, an online checklist, and they have to... It's a live checklist. We can check it, but they need to go on at a set time frame before the tour starts. So, for example, seven days before the tour starts, they need to have completed or at least ticked the box that said they've, they've checked these... Insurance documents, for example, or the registration papers, for example, Uh, they need to check all that, because we've had people turn up at the border, some of our staff, uh, many years ago before we had this system, registration papers had expired. Mm -hmm. Or the, uh, sorry, the insurance papers had expired. No, that's no good at the border. You need to know that beforehand. So we have this online checklist that they need to physically go go online and tick the box that they've checked it, and they need to enter in the expiration dates, it's, Tedious sometimes when you've got ten bikes, but bad luck. It's we know that they're checking, and we look at it. We look ourselves because we're fourteen thousand kilometres away, our head office from South America. So it's
2: we don't have the papers physically in our hands. So we need the staff to do that. and They do it well. It's worked really well for us. And, and that's the way that most systems come about, isn't it? Something happens and we go, oh, crikey, how can we fix this? What can we do? You know, that old continuous improvement. Something happens and then we fix it so that it doesn't happen again. And I love that. And your systems sound like they're really, really good now. And so if somebody doesn't do it, you're going to know as soon as that happens. So Mick, we've just got a, a minute or two left. Where to from here for you and your business?
3: Very good question, Shirley. Um, Ask my wife. She'll give you a different answer to what I I might give you. But um, we really just – a lot of our clients – have done a lot of tours with us now, and that's a good testament to us, I guess. But um, they're looking for different destinations. Bikers just want to keep riding, um, mm-hmm. and they've done a lot of tours in South America. So we're expanding now. We're doing a tour next year in Kyrgyzstan. We're looking at doing a Spain, Portugal, tour, Moroccan tours, um, some Norwegian tours. A lot of our clients don't don't want to go off road; they want to do on road only. So we're just looking at expanding our tour base. Um, that's it's probably about the that's the plans at the moment. We don't want to go too much more. We, we're looking at increasing our rental fleet size because our, our summer seasons are very, very busy now
2: mm-hmm. and we probably
3: run out of bikes every month. So um, that's probably what will happen. We'll definitely be doing new tours and we'll be increasing our rental fleet size marginally year on year.
2: Wow. And and so what you're doing there is you're really listening to your customers, finding out what they want and then developing these tours for them. And um, if people want to know more about these, then they can go to compassexpeditions.com and you can find out there's a whole heap of information there about all the various tours. And we've been talking today about this person, Mick McDonald, who calls himself the accidental business person. And yet, if you look at your journey, Mick, um, you've certainly come full circle from what I can see and hear, where you are very much now focused on the business and providing that service to the customers. And not that you didn't always, but now you sound like you're doing it with much more conscious awareness. And, and I'm really pleased to be able to show our listeners that it is possible to have a business and a life that you love to create your own lifestyle. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure and I'm sure that our listeners have gotten a great deal out of it. It's
3: my pleasure, Shirley. I hope you enjoyed it. Okay.
2: All right. Well, that's all we have time for today. I'm Shirley Dalton. You've been listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with our guest, Mick McDonald, founder of Compass Expeditions and Bike Ground Oz. I look forward to your company next week. And until then, keep working towards creating your ideal business lifestyle.
1: Thank you for joining Shirley Dalton and her amazing guest this week on Reclaim Your Freedom. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, relax just a bit and have a great week. Enjoy the upcoming weekend, and we'll see you here for the next show.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel.